Hey, everybody, it's JT from Grilling at the Green. John Breaker and the great folks at Birdie Ball have a short time offer for all of you listeners. You just go to birdieball.com, and when you place your order, there's a place on that form for a discount code. Use G-A-T-G. That's G-A-T-G. Of course, it stands for Grilling at the Green. And you will get 20% off anything you order from birdieball.com. Now, it's a short-time offer. It expires in about a week, so you want to get on it. Go to birdieball.com, place your order, uh, use the code G-A-T-G, and get 20% off. You heard it here on Grilling at the Green. It's time for Grilling at the Green. Join Jeff Tracy as he explores the golfing lifestyle and tries to keep it in the short grass for the hackers, dew sweepers, and turf spankers. Here's Jeff. Just open up the door and let's take good times in. Hey, everybody, welcome to Grilling at the Green. I'm JT, and you're listening to us either in uh, KPAM in Portland or, God, I don't know, the other stations. I can't remember all the call letters right now, but that's okay. There's a bunch of them. And then on the Golf News Net, because uh, that's who we're talking to today, is my buddy Ryan Balaji. And we've got some announcements to make, uh, among other things. And we'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef, Beef the Way Nature Intended. And also John Breaker and his crew back there in Colorado at Birdie Ball. Go to birdieball.com. It's one of the best, if not the best, golf training devices made in the last, well, long time. I'll just put it that way. So here's my buddy and a uh, partner in crime on some things, Ryan Balanchy. Ryan, how are you, buddy? Good, Jeff. How are you? Good. Did you survive Halloween? Well, unfortunately for our kids, it rained. So they didn't really do much. Uh, they they handed out candy to this half dozen souls who decided they were going to trick-or-treat anyway. Right. And uh, other than that, they, they just ate the candy that, that we bought for other people. <laughs> we, uh, I think we had either three or five trick-or-treaters. It was raining out here on the left coast and uh kind of you know i like to see them with their costumes and they're all nice kids and have a lot of fun with that so you, you've launched it golf news that on iheart that's big news buddy it is it's uh it's a year in the making uh quite quite literally a year in the making from what the original idea was going to be and what the original billing of it was going to be, what was required to get this thing off the ground turned into a quite a different story than what it was originally supposed to be. And that means now behind me, you kind of see the resulting of the setup, a couple different computers, uh, world-class streaming equipment, boards, all that good stuff. It's a legitimate radio station and it's here. And I'm very, very excited about that. Yeah, how, uh, I know it's just been a few days, but how's uh, how people thought about it so far? Well, the key things for me in the, in the first couple of days is one, making sure you could actually listen to it, right? You know, doing doing the basics, turn it on, turn it off again, and then making sure people could hear it, make sure the quality sounded good. And so far, all by all accounts, people like that. They they like the mixture of content that we put on the station so far, which has been frankly preview content. It's not sure nearly the full extent of what we're going to have to make available to people over the next couple of months. But get the basics down. Learn how to run the station. Uh, there's a very expensive piece of software on one of these computers that handles the operations of the station and then on the other uh, computer that, that streams it out to the world. So making sure I learn those. And then kind of getting the audio out there and 
so far, the results have been very good, very encouraging. And people have been encouraging all along that they were ready for something like this. And now that it's here, it's now kind of doing the hard work of telling people that it's out there and letting the broader world know about it. Is it getting promoted with the other uh, iHeart channels? You know, you're you're driving down the road and all of a sudden you'll doesn't matter really what radio station you're listening to. But all of a sudden they'll say, oh, hi, I'm Susie Smith. And you can listen to my award winning uh, podcast on frog murders or something, you know, and, and do it like that. And uh, are are they uh, are they helping us that way? They are. And we'll also have a number of shows that air in iHeart markets that will air on the station as well. So we'll have promotion from within those markets from those shows. Mm-hmm. So we'll have a good approach from iHeart, which obviously is the largest radio distributor in this country and, and probably the biggest in the world. I don't fact check me on that one. Not exactly certain on that, but they're they're huge. I mean, they have right. If you listen to the radio in this country, you are you cannot escape iHeart. Yeah. So uh, it's a tremendous opportunity to partner with them. Uh, they obviously know how to get the message out about audio content, and uh, they're a great partner for that. And then on top of that, we've got the golf community behind us between. All the people who are going to host shows on the station, the resources of Golf Newsnet, social media followings, all the people who are hosting shows. Uh, if you're into golf, you're probably going to hear from one of us at some point that Golf Newsnet Radio exists. There you go. What I don't know if I ever asked you this. What possessed you to ever turn this switch on in your head before you turn the switch on the computers and the streaming stuff? But were you just bored one day and said, oh, I think I'll start a radio channel on iHeart? Well, radio is kind of my first love. I mean, you probably hear my voice the way I, I sound right. the way I talk. My wife says I have an official radio voice. But, right. uh, you know, I, I've done this kind of audio stuff, audio content, whether it's live streaming or podcasting or now the radio, really going back to ever before I was a professional at this, back when I was in college. and. Mm-hmm. I've always enjoyed doing it, and I enjoyed doing golf podcasts before there was such a thing as iPods, and did a show forever, and kind of got away from it, and, and building Golf News Net, wanted to kind of come back to that, to say, okay, well, I think there's an opportunity here for a platform that, if we can kind of put it together, you can get a lot of people access to a bigger marketplace of people, and there's a lot of good audio content out there, there's not necessarily uh, a home for all of that, and, and I wanted to create the home for that, and obviously, somewhat selfishly under the golf news net brand sure but ultimately wanted to come up with something that was unique and and couldn't be copied in the marketplace and i firmly believe this is one of those things i mean there's certainly serious xm pga tour radio and they do a great job covering the the professional tours week to week but there's really not a station dedicated to golf that talks about everything the average golfer in this country cares about right well, you know, uh, as you know, you know me, I'm an old radio guy. I started in college and I'm, you know, I do the small screen stuff too, but mostly radio. And, you know, when, when the advent of podcasts came along and this and that and, and streaming, oh, radio is going to go away or you, you know, this audio formats will, here's my prediction, will never go away because when you're driving, you can't really, or you, maybe you shouldn't, I'm not going to be anybody's caretaker, but you shouldn't be watching a video about how to get out of a sand trap when you're driving down I-95, you know, but the audio aspect of that will always be with us in one form or another. And I, I you're to be commended for putting that together. I mean, I, like I said, I, I love storytelling. I love just sitting around talking with people about 
really anything, but sure. golf is a game of stories. Golf is a game of experiences. And yes, it's very much a visual sport. Don't get me wrong. But a lot of those experiences can be shared in this medium because a lot of us can kind of understand where golfers coming from or, or what, what you can imagine they're experiencing just by the sound of their voice. And I think the really important thing about golfers is that they're very passionate about it. And if you're passionate, it comes through and you'll hear it. You hear the excitement, you hear the interest. Mm -hmm. And I think you can match that. And I, I think audio does a great job of capturing that um, in some cases, just as well as video. Well, you know, we've been uh, verbally communicating longer than we've been drawing pictures, I think. So even it started with a few grunts and a groan, we've been doing that. I can tell you, Ryan, from personal experience, you will know when you've really made it in radio, when you you and your wife are together and you get introduced to somebody you don't know, and they'll say, what does your husband do? And they go, wah, 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 like you're talking. Then you know you made it, but <laughs> <laughs> well, my wife kind of knows my job is generally a farce. I mean, <laughs> the real the realization really happened during COVID that my job is to talk and write about golf, a thing I love to do just as much as anything. So it, it is not really work. I mean, there's obvious work that goes into stuff, and there's ups and downs just like any other job. But at the end of the day, I get to get up, do what I want, talk about golf, play golf, and go to sleep. I mean, that, yeah. that's really about as good as it gets. So yeah. she kind of rolls her eyes at what my quote unquote job is. I, I think my wife has been surprised since COVID and, and that in that I started not going to the radio station all the time, you know, and not going to the TV station, simply doing a lot of stuff at home. And I think she found a newfound respect for me in that and then seeing the hours that you put in on these projects because it it's even though it's easy it's very time consuming and sometimes can be monotonous because you got to grind like that so just like golfers you got to grind it can be i mean it can be monotonous and that you have to do the little things really well and i i don't mean that just about golf i mean that about anything media related sure it's it's a game of repetition people come to expect certain things from you a certain standard from you and hopefully you hold that to yourself absolutely we're going to take a break here on grilling at the green we're going to be back with ryan balangie from golf news uh network and now on iheart it's got its own channel and uh proud to be affiliated with ryan but we'll be right back don't go away hi everybody it's jt and this is a special version of grilling at the green Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. This is Grilling at the Green. You're listening to us in Portland on AM860, The Answer. And, of course, you can find us through Golf News Net. And we're in Tulsa and Texas and Pennsylvania and a bunch of places. Uh, that's radio stuff, but um, how do you find a balance in programming? I mean, I've been around this business a long time, and I know one of the things that program directors and vice presidents of marketing and all this, which you wear all those hats, just like I do, okay? How do you find the right balance in what you're going to put out there? Because if you don't, 
and as you were saying in the last segment, if, if the programs don't deliver or whatever, so on and so forth, they kind of lose favor with people and it's hard to earn that back, but it's also tough to pick and choose, you know, you're trying to figure out what people want to listen to, what time of day they want to listen to it. All those factors go in there. Yeah, there's a lot that's going to go into it. I mean, admittedly, I've never been a radio program director in my life. So there's some learning curve, I'm sure, to this job. But I feel like I've always come to golf and golf content, got content creation production the same way, whether it's audio, written, whatever the format. And that is, I come at it as a golfer, as a fan of the game, as mm-hmm. someone who loves to play it, loves to watch it, pretty much obsessed with it. And so if I'm curious about it, there's a pretty good chance another diehard is curious about it. And if someone's new to the game, maybe we can use content to make them a bigger fan of the game, right. answer their questions, make them feel welcome, make them part of this kind of large group of people who play golf in this country. So my decisions around programming have all been kind of through that lens of what are people interested in about golf? And what's missing or what has been missing from not only the the audio perspective, but also from a bigger perspective, what doesn't get enough play that maybe could do really well in the station. And I think about golf travel. I think Mm -hmm. about golf equipment. I mean, we talk about fitting all the time as it relates to equipment, but what's the education of that? Like maybe we can make people smarter about their choices when they're about to spend $3,000 on a bag full of equipment. If they walk into a fitting room smarter than they were because of our radio station, then maybe we save them some money. Mm-hmm. Maybe we make them a better consumer. Maybe they have a better fitting and a better golf experience because of that. Maybe we turn people onto places they otherwise wouldn't have heard of. I mean, the, there are incredible resorts around the world and in this country that everyone's heard of. But what about the ones that are maybe regional draws or more local in nature that are just fantastic and maybe don't cost nearly as much to spend time at compared to the the Bandons and Pinehursts and yeah. stream songs of the world, you know, those incredible places. So I, I think that's the biggest thing for me is trying to illuminate through our content, the, the wide breadth of golf. And, and that's not just equipment. That's not just travel. That's welcoming in all kinds of different types of players, whether that's women, whether that's people of color, people who've historically not played the game, people have maybe not been welcomed into the game people who play public golf. I mean, that's the majority of people who play golf are public golfers. And we spend a lot of time talking about places that are inaccessible. They're private or they cost a lot. Why don't, why don't we appeal to the actual golfer who plunks down $55 on the weekend to play a five hour and 15 minute round of their muni because they love it so much, not because they're trying to waste their day. Right. So that's really been the guiding light for anything I've reached out to in terms of content. I know one of the things that I've had a modicum of success with, with this show was to try to, and we've had people from all over the spectrum in golf, but really the ones like you're talking about there, you go play 18 with your best friend on a Sunday afternoon or whatever it is, weather permitting and all that. And it's, it's really, yeah, you enjoy the game and, and, if you don't get to play it very much, you might not be that great at it. It doesn't matter, but you're spending time doing something that you really enjoy doing and you're spending time with somebody that you enjoy doing it with. And I think that gets overlooked sometimes. Yeah. I mean, fundamentally, and I think that's why the audio format works. Fundamentally, this is a social game. It's yeah. a game meant to be shared with people, not played alone. Maybe it's not a team sport all the time, but it it's something we experience together. 
I think that commonality makes for a lot of potentially interesting conversation because we all experience the game differently. We all have certain things that we like. I mean, I, I love hitting the snot out of the golf ball. I love putting. I don't really love iron shots as much, but there are some people who love the opposite or they prefer to kind of spend the time looking at the scenery. They're not worried about scoring. I think there are a lot of different ways to talk about golf. And again, we're all rooted in kind of that same common interest. So if we can kind of look through the prism of golf in a lot of different ways. We're bound to find, you're bound to find something you're going to like on this station. Whether you're an experienced golfer, inexperienced golfer, play competitively, play private, play public, whatever, we're going to have something for you. Yeah, I think that's going to be a great thing. And the one thing you, you um, have done on GNN, uh, and we'll talk more about it in the next segment, but we because we've only got a couple minutes left. But the one thing that you really have brought to light and how to get involved with was uh, sports betting, betting on golf, things like that. Uh, I mean, we all kind of know or have a general idea of what a two dollar NASA is, you know, at your home course, but. You know, now you can lay some serious coin on who's going to win the the Open or uh, the Ryder Cup or whatever. It's out yeah. there. Yeah, and that that has certainly been. I mean, we were one of the first kind of outlets to to start talking about betting odds every week and talk about fantasy golf regularly, uh, whether it was for for money or for fun. And that has grown only over the years into daily fantasy sports now legalized betting, and so we've become a resource for that and, and tried to put something together for people that's reasonably priced, if not mostly free to access and give people good advice so that hopefully if you take some of my advice, sometimes you might actually make a little bit of money. And uh, if we're, if we're making you money, how can you not tune in? But, um, and we want to also be respectful too, at the same time, but people who don't have an interest in that. And I've seen the backlash uh, on social media, people are just kind of sick of watching commercials for sports books. And I completely understand if that's not your thing, you don't want to be inundated with it. Right. So while we'll focus some of that in our programming early in the weeks and parts of the day and some of the evenings before tournaments, I also don't want it to be such a large part of things that it shies away from that breadth that we talked about about the sport. Absolutely. We're going to take another break. We're going to be back with Ryan Ballinger from Golf News Network uh, and the new iHeart channel, Golf News Network. And uh, we've got a few more things to talk about. So stay with us. everybody it's jt and this is a special version of grilling at the green grilling at the green is brought to you in part by painted hills natural beef beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends that's painted hills natural beef welcome back to grilling at the green um like to thank again the folks at painted hills natural beef beef the way nature intended and also birdieball.com john and his crew over there uh i actually like hitting birdie balls because when the weather's crappy i can stand out on my deck and hit them i got the little mat and the whole thing and they don't go very far so you don't have to hard to lose them too which is a important part of the process for me hard to lose them because when you're doing the little 
round orbs. I lose those once in a while, even in the backyard. Yeah, I have the foam balls for my little backyard course, and sometimes they sail a little bit. Yeah, and go over the fence, and they get under leaves, especially this time of year because they're orange. Kind of hard to see. So the birdie balls are nice, bright, easy to spot. I like them. Yeah, they are too. And they're and you know, like I said, if you have a deck or a patio, then you um, don't want to get out in the wet grass or whatever. They're, they've got a little striking pad board that they have, or they have a regular little, you know, practice golf green type thing and uh, works out really well. So there, we just gave them five minutes free time, but that's okay. It's all good. When, when you started um, talking about the sports betting and stuff, Ryan on GNN did did you get any blowback on that? I mean, I know there was people that you know, like I said, a two dollar two dollar Nassau with your playing with three of your friends on a Saturday afternoon. That's one thing, but when you're talking about the real the the legalization of gambling and that, some people I think some of the old stereotypes popped into their head and say this is evil, you know. And I don't think most people think that way, but I'm sure a few people do. Did you have any issues with that? No, not really. Uh, I, I really can't even recall a time when someone got particularly heated with me over email about the, the betting content. It, I've always kind of let it live on its own. I haven't necessarily made it a part of our reporting day-to-day around the PGA Tour or, or any of the major tours for that matter. We do betting odds for every major tour when they, when they play yeah. and just kind of let it live to itself. And I felt like that's always kind of worked out pretty well. Again, not shoving it in people's face. If it's not what you're interested in, you're not going to seek it out. Well, I don't need to throw it in your face if you don't want to look for it. But right. if you're looking for it, we made sure you can find it. And that, that's worked out pretty well as a reasonable approach. And that, that'll kind of always be how I handle it. So have you made any money on sports betting yourself? You don't have, have to give us, you don't have to give us numbers. You just have to. I'm ahead. I'm well ahead. Okay. Um, I'm, I tend to bet. Winners in golf, I, I do pretty well. Had about nine or ten winners this past PGA Tour season. Had, let's see, three so far this PGA Tour season uh, since they started up in the fall. Uh, I, I tend to bet the Triple Crown races. I've had some really good hits yeah. in Triple Crown races over the years. Some big ones. And uh, that's kind of more than paid for itself. So uh, I, I tend not to gamble tons and tons of money. Um, I, I don't, I'm not obsessive about it, but I I know if I have something in mind, I'm, I'm pretty surgical about you take it. Take care of it. Yeah. I, um, I've made a few, especially on the ponies over the years. I've done okay. Uh, football games. I was never good at picking. I, I just, and it was always this year, always the spread that got me, you know, on the, on the games. It wasn't like, well, Dallas will win over Chicago. Yeah. But what's the spread, you know? Yeah. And there's a, there's a contest I'm in in Las Vegas this year with a buddy uh, where you pick five games against the spread every week. And typically speaking, I wouldn't pick five games to bet any week anyway. Yeah. It's exceptionally difficult to do. And, and even the stuff that you think is going to work out in your brain doesn't necessarily work out in paper. And that, that's true on golf, by the way. I mean, there are plenty of times where I thought I had it nailed and then it obviously didn't work out like that. So that, but you got to remember all that. You got to remember that people are human that weird outcomes can happen. And that just because your numbers say a certain thing, doesn't mean you've got everything accounted for. And that that's particularly difficult in golf betting. 
Yeah, I can I can see that. I have yet to actually make a wager on um besides friendly ones from, um, amongst my friends on uh one of the majors or something in golf. I've just uh you know, longer the days gone that Tiger was 25 strokes ahead and and then you would get it would cost you money to bet cuz you know, the odds were so crappy at that point, but uh I just haven't stepped up and pulled the trigger on that for some reason. Maybe I will now. Maybe you talk me into it. Who knows? It's just like anything. You gotta you gotta do your research if you want to be effective. If you want to bet on a win, you're, you're probably not going to be successful in the long haul. But if yeah. you have a system that is rooted in data that you can trust, you, you probably you have a better chance. Let's put it that way. Better yeah. chances. Yeah, it's better than picking a horse saying. I like his ears. So I'll bet 500 on his ears, you know, type thing that has never really worked out for me. So I'll just put it that way. <laughs> yeah. I might, I mean, I tend to, I mean, especially when it comes to, to horse racing, like I, I don't know horses that well, I'm not a horse. So I, I don't know what it's like to be a horse, but I can see, tre- I like, I like numbers. I mean, I, that's kind of what I'm obsessed with is numbers and seeing trends and trying to make it all make sense somehow. And sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't, but it has more often than not. Absolutely. So let's switch gears, Ryan, a little bit. Excuse me. Um, It's been a bit of a tumultuous year in professional golf Uh, with the live tour and people getting, you know, kicked off about that and pointing fingers. And I... My overview is I don't care if people like to live or they don't. That's their personal deal. I just think all of that chaos did not do us any favors. I don't think that it did either. I think you can see it in the television ratings for the fall events on the PGA Tour. I think if you look at a week to week, they're down roughly a third to 40%. Yeah. Every week compared to last year. Now, that's a couple of reasons. One, I mean, the, the pandemic may, may not, the COVID may not be completely gone, but the notion of a pandemic is over. Right. And that means sports are fully back. I mean, football's fully back, college and pro, and people are watching it in droves. You got baseball fully back, you got the World Series. I mean, people are interested in that too. So there's that part of it. But I also think another big part of it is that the PGA Tour has effectively said the fall's done and fans know it. Now they know this is the last year that there's going to be a fall that counts toward the FedEx cup and that there will be any kind of events. These top players would compete in. So fans have kind of shied away from that. And then I, I think there's also just kind of some general disgust of all the infighting in the sport, whatever your position is, the fact that there is infighting day to day probably is not a good headline driver for, for the sport, especially for a casual fan. Yeah. It just, um, we, uh, to me, this is a picture in my mind, Ryan. We went from this kind of, as they always called it, a gentleman's game, or, you know, there was so much decorum around golf, uh, playing procedures, you know, so on and so forth. There was always a lot of etiquette involved, uh, unless you're with your best friend at the Muni at four o'clock on Saturday. And then sometimes etiquette goes out the window, but all kidding aside. And then this thing kind of erupted. And then it kind of almost became like the political season we're in. One guy goes, you're a bad guy. And the other guy goes, no, you're a bad guy. And they just keep pointing at each other and all this. 
and now you've got some litigation here and there going on. I just don't think it was ever a good look. I think in the long run, it's probably not going to hurt us at all because then our numbers have gone up because of COVID and the pandemic a bit. But I don't think it did the image any good. That's just my two cents worth there. I mean, I think golf has long had a reputation that you you got what you killed. You earned every penny, yeah. right? And that obviously is not the case with Live, with many of the players signing enormous contracts, whether that's a, a front, uh, you know, a drawdown money that you're going to earn over time, or whether you got it paid up front. Either way, that, that money did not exist in a guaranteed fashion in the sport. And now it's pervasive. I mean, now, now obviously Liv has invested billions of dollars in this four and a and billion dollars basically in its players acquisition. And the PGA Tours had to respond in kind by accelerating a process of bringing in the money from their enormous television rights deal, the new, the new nine-year deal. It's worth about $800 million a year. I mean, these are, these are big dollar figures we're talking about in golf. And all of a sudden, there's a lot more money at the front of the sport than so much the competition. And I think that could be a potential turnoff for people. Yeah, I think so too. Um, <clears throat> we'll just have to see how it shakes out. And if LIV gets uh, some real broadcast rights other than YouTube and that, and I know there's people are talking about it, but I don't know as we've seen anything yet that's concrete for that. Uh, signing television contracts is just not like you walk down to the network and say, hey, you know, I want to get a TV contract with you guys. You know, there's a lot that goes into it. We are going to take another break. We're going to be back with um, Ryan Balanchy from Golf News Network uh, right after this. Don't go away. Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Grilling at the Green. I'm JT, and I'm talking with Ryan Balanchy today from Golf News Network. But first, we're going to get our golf tip of the week from Mr. Bruce Furman. Okay, this is Bruce Furman from Langdon Farms Golf Club, and I'm the director of instruction out there. And I'm going to give you a little tip on how to hit low shots out of the trees. And certainly up in Oregon, we have a lot of tree-lying golf courses, and you got to be able to get out of there when you hit a, a poor drive. And when I was Back in school, a long time ago at the University of Houston, I, when I was a freshman, I was playing this golf course called Atascacita, which is a tree-lying golf course on both sides, very thick. And I was struggling a little bit, hitting them in the trees quite a bit. And I kept trying to get out, and I wasn't getting out very good. And one of the upperclassmen I was playing with, a guy named Lane Wallach, said, you know, when you're trying to go low, don't go high. And it seems simple, but I was kept hitting the ball up in the branches trying to get out. He said, top it. Whatever you do, don't go high if you're trying to go low. So that's stayed with me for a long time. And so I, I never make that mistake or rarely make that mistake where I hit it up in the branches when I'm trying to go low. How do you go low? Well, you can put the ball a little bit back in your stance. You can stand pretty level with your shoulders. Take like a three-quarter back swing without too much wrist cock. And then you swing forward and, and finish with a low finish, meaning your body's come forward, but the club hasn't recocked and it finished with a low finish. And that helps you hit it lower. And certainly using you know, less lofted clubs, that helps. Uh, but hitting that shot where you finish low 
and you don't have a big swing without too much wrist cock, that really helps you keep the ball low. And if you happen to be in a situation where it's a lot of hard pan, and you have to, the hardest shot is when you have to go low for a long time. And so it's hard to do to keep it low for a very long way. So one thing you can do if it's hard pan is actually try to hit a driver off the off the ground because it won't get up in the air at all. So if you have to keep it low, now if you're in the rough, it won't work very good. But if it's hard pan, like a lot of times it is under trees because the grass doesn't grow much under the trees, that's a good club to use. Try that and, and I think you'll get out of the trees a lot better. Thank you, Bruce. We appreciate that. You can find out more about Bruce Furman if you'd like to get some instruction or even just chat with him. You can go to langdonfarms.com, click on the instruction um, on the menu bar there. It'll be a drop down. You'll see a picture of Bruce. Talks about his rates and how to book and all that stuff. So Bruce Furman there. We've also got uh, Sean Lanny coming up. Um, Sean's been on the show a few times. He's not coming on this show today, but he'll be part of the show. Uh, going forward kind of like bruce is and um that's going to be very interesting sean's uh he's a new young whippersnapper as they say ryan but uh he knows his business he's actually been around a long time he's an excellent teacher so we're looking forward to that where do you think we are um we'll get more into this in a little bit of a after hour segment we're going to do but where do you think we are overall in golf right now I think we're in a healthy place. I mean, you, you mentioned it earlier that the pandemic has been a net positive for golf in terms of the number of people who play or, or back interested in the game. Right. A lot of people who didn't play for years kind of came back to it as something to do. And it seems like a lot of them have stuck around. Country clubs are full up. Uh, if that's any kind of measure of success, T-sheets are full up. Uh, that, that's good for the game, right? I mean, for the business of the game, I think that the whatever's coming, wh whether that's a recession, slowdown, whatever it looks like, that's going to be the real test of people's loyalty to this game. And it always is. Over the years, whenever we've had a recession or a slowdown in the economy, what people tend to do is tighten up. Right. And the things that they tighten up, uh, they, they spend less on the things that cost money and, frankly, a recreation. Golf's one of those things. So if it becomes the case that people are spending less money, will that mean – they spend less on golf, probably. But if we come out of this the right way and, and we did the right things and welcoming back people and making it a community that was worth being a part of, right? then we'll hold on to more of them. And, and I don't know the answer to that. I mean, there, there's just too many people and data points to try to figure that out. But right. we'll know in a year or two, probably, when whatever is about to happen, whether it's a you know, slowdown, blip, whatever you call it, when that happens, when we come out of it, what the what the golf world will look like, but it'll probably look a little bit different. But generally speaking, I think the game is probably as healthy as it's been from a participatory standpoint since you know, around 2000. Ryan Balaji, folks from um, Golf News Net, again, tell them where to find you on uh, iHeart. So we'd be available on pretty much every iHeart digital platform. So on their website, uh, their mobile apps, which are extremely popular, you'll be able to look up Golf News Net Radio. And you'll be able to listen to the station live. You can use that mobile app to obviously listen on your phone, but you can also use it if you have Apple CarPlay or Android Auto with your your automobile. Mm -hmm. You can just plug that right in and listen directly over your stereo system, which is great. Or you can use Bluetooth, all the same. Excellent, Ryan Balaji. Thank you. Ryan's going to stick around for after hours. Uh, we're going to get off the radio right now and jump into uh, the after hour show, which is 
you know, podcast and streaming only. But uh, Ryan, thank you. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks so much, Jeff. No problem. We'll be back next week with another edition of what is the show? Oh, yeah. Grilling at the Green. You take care. Go out there and play some golf. Have some fun. Grilling at the Green is produced by JTSD Productions, LLC, in association with Salem Media Group, all rights reserved.